Ladies and gentlemen, What's up, everybody? This is Wildcat Radio 2.0. I'm Adam Green. He's Brett Barry. And Brett, things are good. <laughs> yep. Arizona Athletics, there's a lot of good things to talk about. There's some big football recruiting news. Uh, women's basketball team went up and just spanked ASU. That was nice to see. I mean, ASU's not very good, but Arizona did what they were supposed to do there. And, of course, the Arizona men's basketball team swept the L.A. schools just as I predicted they would. <laughs> I only wish I was not such a coward and called for the sweep and i you, you saw me last week you were watching you know we recorded this with some video and you saw me like struggling with them like oh man i really want to make the call but i i did say it was more likely that they would sweep than get swept so I, and i was the opposite i did think it was more likely they would get swept than sweep yes so i will count that as a half win sure <laughs> sure but the important thing is arizona got two wins you know and they did it in different ways. The, US, the USC game was nice. Arizona's offense came to play. It was like, oh, this is what they can do, right? Like, this is the Arizona. Remember, they weren't scoring 100 points, sure. But they were doing the stuff that, you know, they shot 48%. They made 12 of 24 threes. That was nice to see. They had 18 assists. You know, they were looking like Arizona's offense against not a great USC team, but a talented, pretty good USC team. Of course, Boogie Ellis, one of their best players, shot 2 of 11. Arizona's defense, you know, Peterson was 5 of 14 in that game. So Arizona's defense also came to play. It was as complete an effort as we had seen from Arizona probably in months, right? Like, it made you feel yeah. pretty good about, like, how they bounced back after the shellacking they took at Oregon. And I did call that one, Adam. I said I think that Arizona would win fairly comfortably against USC, and they and they did, right? Mm-hmm. Um you know, so it's that was that was a nice uh, confidence builder game. I think where you played a complete game, uh, not just for the fan base, because you know, I mean, we're a fan podcast to some extent, but that fan fan sentiment doesn't win games. Player sentiment can, right? Yeah. So it was nice to see Arizona maybe prove to themselves that they can play a complete game against a decent team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you don't accidentally win by fifteen. It's hard against, to. Yeah, against a pretty solid team. So, you know, all in all, that was uh, quite the nice appetizer into the the main the main entree. Yeah, and the big things, of course, in the USC game is Ulus Tubell's 15 points, 17 rebounds. Courtney Ramey made 5 of 10 three-pointers. Only shot, like, 10 three-pointers. I was almost familiar with He went the whole Kirk Creasa way of going. Only like he made half his threes, so that was nice to see. Umar Balo, 5 of 10, scored 12 points, had 7 rebounds, looked more like Umar Balo, which, again, it was like, okay, that's a nice win over USC. You looked like Arizona, 15-point win, even though it's at home. Like, that's that's solid. But then UCLA, number 5 UCLA was coming to town. They hadn't lost a Pac-12 game. They had just come off a nice win at ASU where they were down and then came back. I think they went on, like, a 15-3 to run to end the game or something like that to win by double digits. That was the big test. You know, it's like, okay, can they get up for that one? Can they play well in that one? And it was a competitive game all throughout up until the point where Arizona pulled away. You know, the final score is 58-52. And other than just Arizona forgetting how to play basketball for the last couple <laughs> minutes of the game while they're just trying to run out the clock, they dominated that second half. 
yeah, they, the last two, the last minute or two, they ran the old prevent defense, uh, but on offense. My right? God, it was just like, what are you doing? Just stop! <laughs> like, get the ball across half court. Stop turning it over. It, I mean, it honestly would have been literally better. I mean, I think uh, was it Kylan Boswell that had a five second call in that game that like it would have been better just to run five seconds off the clock and then have a controlled turnover <laughs> than throwing the ball away. You know, like the end of that times. game, like Tubelis misses a dunk that probably would have officially put the game away. Yeah. Then there was the Pella Larson uh, where they called the basket interference on the play, which the refs got the call right. It wasn't basket interference, but he did get fouled when he was trying to go for the follow-up, but they couldn't review that. But yeah, Arizona trying to put this game away was just like, like if there's one complaint to have in this game, it's like, well, you're going to have a game in the tournament where it's, you know, you have to finish it. You have to dribble out the ball. You have to make your free throws. Here they didn't even get to shoot the free throws. You know, it's one thing if you just go up to the free throw line and clank after clank after clank. They were turning the ball over every time they had it. It was, oh, God, it was just, I never thought they were going to lose the game, but it got a little hairy where it's like, okay, you need to, you know, you need to get a stop. You need to get a bucket. You cannot give up a turnover. And, but yeah, 58-52 was the final. Not like the USC game, not an offensive, like a pretty game, but it was probably a more impressive game. Yes, I know they're playing number five in the country. UCLA is really good. But Arizona was not their best. They didn't look like the best Arizona. And yet, like I said, the second half especially, they were in control of this basketball game and they won. Yeah, no, I I, I hear you on that. And it's like, you know, it's something just like we said, I mentioned that, you know, it was to prove to Arizona themselves that they could beat USC and play a complete game. I think in the UCLA game, they proved they could win, you know, a rock fight and not their style game, right? And that's one of the, the big telltale signs here that's going to pay dividends. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, UCLA didn't shoot that well. Arizona, you know, is a low-scoring game, and otherwise they would have won. It's like, you find a good team or a great team finds a way to win even when they're not playing, you know, their style that they want. And they're going to, and this is what's going to happen in March, right? It's going to be a mar- it's gonna be mm-hmm. It's going to be a dogfight. You're going to have to find ways to win. You're going to have to find ways to match a physical team. I mean, I listened to some other podcasts with some UCLA guys, and they were like, Arizona almost out physical UCLA and UCLA seemed stunned for large chunks of that game. Right. You know, it was, it was all over the place with officiating in both directions that I don't think dictated the outcome. It just dictated the flow of the game. Right. Um, But, you know, Arizona was forcing the issue and handling, you know, forcing UCLA's bigs into putting them a spot uh, where they're going to get in foul trouble and that paid dividends as the game wore on. But overall, you know, it's, you know, just like UCLA fan would say like, Oh, UCLA shot so poorly and missed some shots. Otherwise, they would have won this game. It's like, well, also Arizona won this game when they played UCLA's style and you know beat them at their own game. Yeah, it wasn't like Arizona played a great game. They shot thirty nine percent. You know, Arizona made five of eighteen threes. Arizona got out rebounded. Yeah, which isn't something that happens often. Now, granted, UCLA is a very good rebounding team. So the fact that they did that, especially on the offensive glass, like they took almost twenty more shots than Arizona did in this game. And that's why I was close. Now, granted, that's you. That's UCLA's style. That's how they play. But Arizona was able to win anyway. And I get it. UCLA was missing one of their star freshmen, who will probably soon will be there. Then rematch. And this game was in Tucson, so it doesn't mean that Arizona's better than UCLA. I'm not one of those people who's like, "Yep, this proves like no." These are two good teams, two really good teams. They played a competitive basketball game, but that Arizona won playing UCLA's style or playing a style that UCLA is so more comfortable with. I thought was very interesting. Because I think back to last year's Wildcats, and they didn't win games like that. You know, when it became a rock fight, like Arizona won when they played when they played well most of the time, but it was a track meet. 
It was flying up and down the court. It was offensive explosions. We're scoring in the 80s, at least. You know, how often did they score in the 50s last year? I don't think they did at all. Yeah. And if they did, they certainly didn't win that game. Right. You know, this team scored 58 points. And again, they, if they didn't turn the ball over down the stretch, they would have had a few more free throws. They would have gotten to the 60s. But they didn't get there. You know, through all the mistakes that Arizona made, for all the things that went wrong for them, they did enough to beat a very good basketball team, which a week ago we didn't know they could do. We didn't. We thought they have to play a good game to beat UCLA. No, they have to play a good. They had to play the right game. They had to play lockdown defense, which they did, and make just enough shots. You know, get just enough rebounds to pull away. Yeah, I I think that's right. And you know, we I talked uh, about how like Pella Larson is the barometer for this team. Uh, you know, he got sent to the bench in these games with uh, that's right, Henderson, yeah. Henderson getting the start. And like, you know, Henderson had a pretty nice, a low key, great stat line against USC. But he also, you know, impacted the game in a positive way for a guy that scored zero points against UCLA. Right. Like, well, he took some fouls. Yeah. If he was getting called well, for the foul, no one else could. That poor guy was, you know, <laughs> if you know, I, I would say that the officiating was poor in both directions, except for uh, in terms of the teams. But poor Cedric Henderson, he had he was in foul trouble. I'm not sure one was legit. <laughs> a couple of them, like, okay, maybe I could see it. But a lot of them was like, come on, it's going for a rebound. Yeah. Like, there's contact both ways. What do you, why? Or like that steal that they called it on him instead of the, yeah. yeah. But, well, and even like Arizona, he was in foul trouble. Arizona only played seven guys in this one, which is, if you want to be concerned about something, you'd like to see that rotation get extended. And it has been at times. Of course, this was not the game to do it. You wanted to win this game. You needed to play those guys, Basel and Larson off the bench. But yeah, like Courtney Ramey was good in this game again. He come, maybe he's found himself. Remember when he first got back into the t- with the team and the tournament, you're like, oh, this guy, he's that dog. He can score. Like yep. this is going to be pretty good. And he went through a bit of a slump. Maybe he's found himself. You know, Umar Balo, maybe he's healthy again. And of course, Tubelis, not known for being the tough guy. He shot five of 15, but had 14 points and 10 rebounds. Like, he had a very strong game even when his offense wasn't there. Arizona had a very strong game even when the offense wasn't there. Yeah, I think you're, I, I, again, I think you're right, Adam. And I, I really want to, um, you know, you talked about Ramey. And it was funny. I was I was watching the Twitter machine, as one does during the game, and seeing everybody, you know, talking about how, like, Ramey needs to stop shooting threes. And, and you know, Kerr, Carissa needs to stop shooting threes. And I'm always of the mind that, like, if it's a good shot, you take it. Right, mm-hmm. it's when you're, it's when they're taking bad shots. Eventually, the the laws of averages will show up. The like, ball going in doesn't necessarily make it a good shot, and the ball not going in doesn't necessarily make it a bad shot. Yeah, I and you don't sh- you don't not shoot your way out of a slump when you're just barely missing good shots, right? And this is like what a you know a coach like Tommy Lloyd I think gets, and then you started to see that pay off this week with Courtney Ramey, right? And when suddenly those start falling. Everybody's like, oh yeah, Courtney Ramey should have always been shooting, right? And it's the same <laughs> thing with Kirk Carson. That's not to say that. You know, I think there was a, a player two in each game. I know uh, that uh, I kind of went, "Oh no, that's not it. That's the wrong shot." Where they, I think, Ramey got a little heat check, maybe one in mm-hmm. the in the UCLA game. But you know, it's it, it you see you're seeing the development of guys, and they're finding ways to win. And like your point on Tubelis is right. Like he's he is he seems more mentally and physically tough than he did last year, right? Umar Balo also, you know, we you know if we found out he was hospitalized after the ASU game and he didn't quite look himself. I think he looks back to close to 100% now, right? He looked a little more strong, a little more bouncy. Well, he he shot 11 free throws, and how many of them were cheap fouls? Like, oh. He doesn't get ticky-tack calls. Like He oh, earns yeah. it. Oh, if anything, when you're like the biggest guy on the court, I know this from playing in, in some things. It's like you don't – you get called for a lot of fouls, and you don't get a lot of fouls in your favor even when there's contact. It's mm-hmm. just like, oh, well, that little guy, you know. Um, 
so it's it, it i think that is actually a really key thing that maybe the casual um, external fan doesn't notice but i think that that's kind of been critical for arizona and you know suddenly the pac-12 race is you know back at you know back up for grabs if if, if things go a certain way right you know it, we'll we'll see how it goes, but it, it same. I think UCLA and Arizona have the same overall record now, but uh, I think they're still two back in the Pac-12, and that March rematch is going to be quite a thing to see. Yeah, and I'm not as concerned about the Pac-12 title. I'll be honest, and obviously because like you want to win it. If there's a if there's something to win, yeah, win it. It's always more fun. But like Arizona could win the Pac-12 title, and obviously if they get bounced in the second round of the NCAA tournament, people are going to be upset. You know, no one's celebrating that they're adding another banner for winning the Pac-12. Although it is the last couple of years of the Pac-12, so maybe it's more important. But either way, like yes, Arizona now seventeen and three overall, six and three in the Pac-12. They're two games back of UCLA, and they will play again the last game of the regular season. Of course, in the way college basketball is, Arizona is now the sixth ranked sixth in the country. They went from eleven to six. Now again, it's a good win, but everybody's been losing. You know, Purdue's number one, Alabama's number two, Houston lost. Like I, I wrote something for AZ Desert Swarm, and I know we've talked about this a little bit. But it's almost like, yeah, Arizona has three losses, and none of those three losses were good losses. They're two not great teams, probably not tournament teams, and they weren't competitive. Everybody's losing games. Everybody's had losses that you know that they, you feel like they shouldn't have had, and that's just the nature of college basketball. So if you're Arizona right now, Brett, to your point, yes, they're still in the Pac-12 conference race. They're still in line for a top you know, three seed the NCAA tournament. They're still one of the best teams in the country. For all that's gone wrong with Arizona, and it's only been two games. A week ago, my tune was different. I get that. <laughs> but for all that's gone wrong with them, they're not in a bad spot, you know, with a handful of games left in the regular season. It's it's almost like the emotional overreactions to the bad games are now equally going to get offset with the ranking moving up to number six, right? It's just modern college basketball. Um, so, you know, I, I think you're right. It's, I think Arizona is actually the perfect example of what a modern blue blood program is in the age of parity, right? Like some other school, I forget some of the other losses, but like Kansas lost at home, I think. Um, or, or my, or my, this, yeah, Kansas lost. You know, some other folks have lost a couple of games. Like, you know, ASU was like, oh, we're going to we're control our destiny to win the Pac 12. And now they're like, Ugh. right? <laughs> Kansas has lost three straight games, all to ranked teams, mind you, but still. Yeah. And Arizona has three losses that are kind of, befuddling both in outcome uh overall and score but also to the team but they also you know put their quality wins up against anybody's right it's such a weird dynamic with them because yes their losses are bad but you look at their wins arizona is six and two in quad one games i think they're five and oh against teams that were ranked in the top 25 and they're not all ranked in the top 25 now but they were at the time so <sighs> Arizona basketball is in a pretty good place, of course. They're going to Washington State, to Washington, a chance to avenge one of their early losses. Let's take a break and talk about it. We're back. It's Wildcat Radio 2.0, and Arizona has three losses this season so far. They'll have a chance to avenge every one of them. The first chance now is at Washington State, which was the most befuddling of their three losses was losing at home to the Cougars. Um, but they get a chance to get back out there and get some vengeance, you know, kind of right that wrong, if you will, Thursday night at, you know, it's a late game. But, you know, that game plus at Washington, it's never an easy road trip, but it's certainly one that if Arizona really has found themselves, if Arizona really has figured it out, 
they can win both of these games. They should win both these games. Yeah, a nine o'clock start in the Palouse. What could go wrong, Adam? <laughs> well, there um, won't be any snow. At least you don't have to worry about that. Well, hopefully not. Otherwise, there's bigger <laughs> problems. Um, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm really curious. Uh, you know, Arizona's still, you know, is a bunch of teenagers, and some of these guys are, you know, Kylan Boswell is playing well in, in developing, but he's 17 years old, right? And they're going to have to learn to win on the road, and they're gonna, and part of that is also just being focused. And I don't think either of these teams are going to sneak up on Arizona, maybe like they did in Tucson, because even Arizona didn't look that great against Washington. Yeah, Washington had a lead in that one. But, you know, that 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 arena is just a tough place to play against a 2-3 zone. You know, if they're if they're if they've got the crowd filled in there, it can get real loud and, and uncomfortable for a visiting team. But you know, my my hope slash expectation is uh, you know, Arizona has been humbled enough that they will be very focused and driven for this for this road trip, right? So I kind of kind of like I expected, you know, <laughs> The, the you know the USC game like I think I thought Arizona was gonna come in real focus because they've been seeing all these things and the, they see the narrative and they, they you know they watch the film and see where they've let themselves down. Mm-hmm. I I think my maybe this is me hope you know wish casting that they've they've they felt enough pain and seen enough pain to not take anything for granted uh, and come out you know raring to go. Uh, but you know things it's games are always tough to win on the road and neither Washington or Washington state is, you know, completely terrible. Um, I'm looking at you, Cal. Right. Um, <laughs> so like, but you know, if you go in there and you give a lackluster effort and they play really well, you could very well lose one of those games. But if Arizona plays their game, they should have a road sweep. They, they should. Right. This is still another one of those where it's more about what Arizona does or does not do. Arizona are this most more talented team than either of these opponents. But the question is how much have they grown even over the last two weeks? Right, like you expect them to grow over the course of the season. This is a team that it wasn't that long ago they lost to Washington State at home, and almost you could argue almost lost to Washington at home in back-to-back games. If you thought the Washington game would humble them, it didn't work because Washington State came back and actually beat them. And that's where I remember we talked about too. I think is after the Washington game, Arizona's mentality of being able to flip the switch. You know, like they could come out, kind of play, you know, kind of lackluster, a little bit sleepy, but then turn on and win the game. It's a nice quality to have. Except sometimes you don't get that switch turned on. Like the light bulb doesn't turn on like against Washington State. So you hope they've learned their lessons because if they have, if they really do come out focused, and granted, like these are two teams that gave them a lot of trouble in Tucson. So they shouldn't come into these games think, you know, taking them for granted, just thinking they won just by showing up, you'd hope. But right. assuming they don't do that, then yeah, if they come out focused, they should win both of these games. And for Arizona, it's kind of like the one thing they haven't done is that road sweep. And it's hard to do. It's hard to sweep road series, right? You know, the road matchups in the Pac-12. There's even the bad teams. They're tough places to play. And these are college kids. And everyone gets up for Arizona. You know, it's usually the biggest crowd of the season for whatever team they're playing when Arizona comes to town. So you have to be ready to play. And if Arizona can do that, you know, if they can win both these games and maybe they do it by scoring in the 90s or the 100s, maybe they do it with a lockdown defense. But if they play well in both these games and win both these games, then you have to feel pretty good about them going forward because that's just another thing they will have proven. You know, no matter if they lose one of the games or if they lose both of the games, we're back to where we were last week. <laughs> but for right now, Arizona has an opportunity to not only right or wrong, but kind of show that growth, the kind of growth that's necessary if they're going to be an elite team that has a chance, you know, in a couple months. Yeah, I don't think like a split on this trip is a disaster necessarily. It probably Not a disaster, but you know, you know, it's, pack 12, yeah. but 
to your point, I think it would it would be a sign of that consistency and mental toughness that I talk about, you know, week in and week out, uh, to see them to see them show up and be consistent, play their game in in a hostile environment. Um, you know, I I think it's most likely going to happen, but you know, you never know. And like you said, these are teenage kids. Yeah, yeah. So Washington State is on Thursday. Washington is on Saturday. At least Washington's a day game, three thirty. And I, I saw today they announced like Fox is actually sending their announcers to each of those games. They're not going to do those remote broadcasts. So good on Arizona for earning, you know, play by play and color commentary from the arena. Like, you know, that says something, I guess. So <sighs> basketball. Better to be talking about a team hoping to get two more wins than to need to come off a couple of losses. But Brad, let's take one more break and we come back. Talked about to begin this show, Arizona football recruiting. Got some big news since we last recorded. Let's go over it. We're back. It's Wildcat Radio 2.0. And offseason Jed Fish is back. Yeah, there was maybe. some concern. <laughs> like he's back. Arizona with some pretty good recruiting news over the last week or so. Got a 2024 commit, linebacker Kingston Lopa committed to Arizona. California linebacker had some pretty good offers. That's nice. That's for you know two years from now, the class of 2024. But then it's been rumored, it had been hoped for. Leviticus Sua announced that he is going to go to the University of Arizona, a four-style linebacker who, I mean, I'm not a recruiting guy, but everything that I've read about this guy is like, he is legit. Yeah, uh, perfect fit. For the system, I mean, a four-star linebacker where there's a a lack of depth at linebacker. You know, apologies to Justin Flo, who hopefully comes in as a star. You know, it's it's uh, exactly what you hoped for, and I I think it was uh, he, I, I think they confirmed that he already actually signed at the early signing day too. It was just yeah, I would quiet. think so. Arizona was tweeting out the graphic about yeah. you know, and I don't think they can do that until they actually sign. So it was just announced on Saturday. But, yeah, so yeah. you know. If if that is closing out the class, Friday. that's a that's a that's a great way to close out the the freshman class, um, you know, and starting getting a, a jump on what is it up to like three commits in twenty twenty four now? Yeah, which again, they, those guys haven't signed, well, but yeah. it's momentum. It starts somewhere, and Arizona historically has done a pretty good job of keeping the early commits too. So At least in the we'll Jed see. Fisher in the Jed yeah. Fisher era, yes. yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, that's been the the new experience that I don't think <laughs> I think we're conditionally trained to assume that we won't get them. Um, yeah. But yeah, you know, I think the the Kingston Lopa is also a really intriguing guy, like a lot of length. I think he's kind of a tweener safety linebacker. I've seen different things of where he's going to, you know, I think it depends on how his body develops, to be perfectly sure. honest. But if he, you know, is a, I think he's 6'4", but relatively slight in build, but that means he has a room to add weight. And if he's 6'4 and plays safety, great. If he puts on, <laughs> you know, 30, 40 pounds of muscle and is a 6'4", fast linebacker, great <laughs> right you know there's there's no there's no downside here you, you're you're getting projectable talented guys uh lopa had a ton of offers that were pretty pretty big names as i recall um obviously leviticus sua had a ton of offers um you know with stanford ucla and those were just the other finalists but you know and uh, we're you know we're recording on what january 25th so i'm pretty sure all of the biblical jokes of the arizona roster have been made until somebody in 2024 commits that whose uh, first name is Deuteronomy. <laughs> <laughs> so they got a Leviticus. I got a Genesis. They got Ephesians, Ephesians. right? Um, yeah. Anything? Are we missing anyone else? I mean, Jonah, I think is a biblical name. Technically. I mean, a lot of names are biblical though. Oh. If we're being honest. Sure. 
Um, I think I think there's a couple other. Uh, I mean, we got a Moses Canyon Moses. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, there's 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 I think there's a few others, but I'm also not a I'm not a biblical scholar, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> what? What are we even doing here? Uh, one th- like the thing about Leviticus two, and obviously he's a true freshman. You don't know what type of impact he will make. But at the same time, Arizona's linebacker room and, you know, Jerry Roberts ended up at UMass. Good for him. You know, no problem with him. You know, he should finish out his 48th year of college football in a place where he feels wanted. But, you know, you look at Arizona's linebacker room, like Jacob Manu is there and he should be there. That dude can play. He deserves the spot. But Jacob Manu looks a lot better when he's next to a Justin Flo and a Leviticus Sua, right? Like, yep. If those guys are getting the attention, then Jacob Manu, who's just a dog out there, to use one of your words, one of your phrases there, is going to make plays. He did it last year with not as good linebackers and not as you know highly thought of or highly rated linebackers around him. And granted, linebackers are often only as good as their defensive front, you know, the defensive linemen. But you see what Arizona is doing. You see how Jed Fish talked about it after the season when he's like, you know, this past season it was about the previous offseason was about fixing that offense. You know, going getting a Delore, getting a T Mac, Keon Burnett, Jacob Cowing, Big Jonah, the running backs, you know, Speedy Luke, Jonah Coleman, all that fixing the offense because then it's like, hey, defensive players, this is the type of team you want to play for because the offense has your back. You know, we're going to score points. It's your job. You don't have to hold them to 12, but you just be decent and you're going to win some games. You're going to put up numbers. And now you're starting to see that. Now you're starting to see with all the players that they lost to the portal, which is kind of concerning. It's like, oh, here's who they're bringing in. Here's the defense's makeover, especially that linebacker room looks a hell of a lot better now than it did, you know, three months ago. And you and you didn't even mention our friend Daniel. Uh, I'll let you pronounce the last name. I don't want or, to, or even Oren Patu from from Cal, who is probably more of an edge guy. And Patu, but, I could pronounce, know, but yeah, it's, Daniel it's, from it's, Washington. That's another linebacker. I left him out not because he's not going to contribute. Roster and the changeover yeah. it's had. It's not just going to be a race to fifty points to try to outscore the other team, right? Yeah, that that's the goal. That's the hope with it, and. You know, the linebackers can make some plays and hopefully Arizona's, you know, we'll see what Leviticus Sua can do as a true freshman, maybe with some of the other guys uh, that are on the roster in that linebacker room, he won't have to be the guy. So yeah, some pretty good football news there, Brett. Yeah, it's, I, 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 again, I think you're, you're totally right. I'm curious to see how the defensive line guys play. Like you commented, it's the, you know, the, th- the thing that'll make the linebacker room look a lot better is better. Uh, defensive front play and also corners play right mm-hmm. uh, but you can see the building blocks there uh, and, and your point is well taken where if you know Leviticus Sua can now develop at his own pace and get on the field at, 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 a, at a reasonable rate rather than being forced into starting as a true freshman you know Jacob Mondo was great as a true freshman but it's not the ideal scenario for anybody to depend on a true freshman uh, especially a, you know in the front seven um, but I'm I'm just ready for spring football man yeah, it's going to be coming up soon, and <sighs> can't wait. And once again, it's like an exciting time for Arizona football, Arizona basketball, men's basketball, and women. Women are top 25, too. They're playing well. But like for all the good basketball stuff that's going on, people are still focused on football, too. Like That's a credit to Jed Fish, the momentum that he's not only built but has maintained, especially with stuff like this. But, Brett, I think that's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Of course, you can find us on Twitter at Wildcat Radio AZ. We'll occasionally do a mailbag. Maybe we'll do one next week. We'll see how things are going. Ask you to just send us your questions so we can answer them on the show. Of course, you can find us on iTunes, on Spotify. Subscribe to us on both of those. But if you're on iTunes, leave us a rating and a review, and we will read the review on the show. Brett, got any this week? I just checked, and sadly, I did not see any. (sighs) Come on, Wildcat Radio 2.0 listeners. Get on that. You know you want to be part of the show. 
But yeah, Arizona men's basketball has their road trip to the Washington schools. Of course, we'll talk about everything that happens with Arizona athletics over the next week on next week's show. But until then, thank you for listening. Remember to bear down. Bear down.